ANA Champions of Growth Podcast. I'm Matthew Schwartz. B2B sales and marketing alignment is the corporate equivalent of Samuel Beckett's absurdist play, Waiting for Godot, as sales and marketing VPs take on their roles as Vladimir and Estragon, respectively, and wait, and wait, and wait for a fellow named Godot. Similarly, B2B sales and marketing executives wait, and wait, most likely in vain, for trust and confidence to be at the core of their relationship, rather than suspicion and frustration. Sure, there are more than a few B2B firms in which sales and marketing work together effectively and provide the C-suite with solid returns. But for many B2B companies, sales and marketing alignment remains elusive. What's the sound of one hand clapping? But Jeff Lowe, CMO at Smart Technologies, and Jenna Pipchuk, EVP and Chief Sales Officer at Smart Technologies, say they have cracked the code to the B2B sales and marketing stalemate. In 2019, they joined forces to engineer a complete overhaul of the company's sales and marketing departments. And in the last few years have built a new model in which the two sides operate in unison. Indeed, they don't even refer to their teams as quote-unquote sales and marketing anymore. The reorg has yielded solid results, with 40% revenue growth in the last two years and increasing renewal rates. Jeff and Jenna join me now to talk about how they flipped the sales and marketing script and what other B2B companies might learn from their efforts. Jeff, Jenna, welcome. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Pleasure to be here as well. Jeff, I'd like to start with you and the genesis of this story. In 2019, what was the sales and marketing model at the company? And why did you conclude that something dramatic needed to happen once and for all? Well, I would say our sales and marketing was pretty similar to most companies out there. We had a distinct sales team and a distinct marketing team quite traditional, quite what you would expect. And uh, there were two two major problems with that that Jenna and I saw. One is the silos in the business. So it's, it's an age-old problem, as you mentioned, and it was just for sure the case for us. And, and try as we might, we just were not being successful in breaking down those silos between sales and marketing and also customer service, all of the commercial-facing parts of Smart. The other major problem was the customer had fundamentally changed over the past several years, and we hadn't changed at all. In particular, due to the rise of digital, customers have become much more sophisticated, much more digitally savvy, changing the way they're buying. And yet here we are with the same uh, tired model. Was it death by a thousand cuts up and leading up until the changes? Or was it a certain straw that finally broke the camel's back that told you the previous system was simply unsustainable? It, it, it was um, almost more like a summit. Like we could just see that things weren't changing and that the buyer was, and we were getting a, a, an increasing level of frustration. So the straw was really a conversation that Jeff and I had. It was just kind of a one-on-one -on -one meeting and, and he was uh, stressing about one part and I was stressing about the other. And we, we just kind of looked at each other and said, nah, we're going to change this. We, we are going to lead this company uh, to do something about this. And Jenna, you initially tried to remedy things by you know putting some Band-Aids on the situation, but you realized there was a much larger problem with that. How That's did you pivot to make more tangible change? A hundred percent. We were trying many things to fix siloed nature. And I had uh, moved from an international role into a global role and I, I wasn't making any progress. You know, we were having a, a loss and I would go and investigate why the loss would happen. And very much the different departments would kind of point to another one and said, I did my job perfectly. If only those guys could get their stuff together. And, and they didn't even understand that it didn't matter if you did your stuff right, if we lost the whole game. So you were finding a lot of blame game? 
Oh, a hundred percent. It was, it was a hundred percent siloed nature, which I think many of you out there can relate to. Uh, it was my department did this, or I did everything right. If only those yohos over in that other, you know, insert any department name here, then you wouldn't have lost for sure. <laughs> but what were, but what, I want to backtrack for a moment. What were the band-aids that you initially tried to remedy the situation and why didn't they work? Uh, we did, we did so many things. I mean, we even had one where we, uh, we, we did culture meetings, uh, we did talking specifically about uh, passing the baton. I think, Jeff, if you remember, we even had sent a, a baton uh, and a little monster around the world to, to help them understand how important it was that, you know, when you hand things off, uh, it includes making sure the other person has what you're dropping off. Um, we did, but uh, it webinars, was all theory, not action. Webinars, workshops, uh, meeting. We had an offsite in Chicago with all the sales and marketing leaders Let's get better at this. Let's break down the silos. Just marginal, just mar marginal gains, like little, little, little gains, but nothing, nothing really memorable. And then after all of that, I, I still remember the day we decided to blow this thing up. Yeah. And, and Jenna was in my office, and we we had just launched a massive new marketing campaign. We had actually done it, we marketing, um, in partnership. I'm going to use air quotes in partnership with sales, fully on board. And then um, there were there was messages messages coming back through the grapevine through emails that I wasn't supposed to see, saying, "Well, this is a total waste of time. We're going to go build our own campaign." Yeah. And so okay, it's so just the um, that that human dynamic of we all trust each other and we're being planful together. It it just wasn't changing despite all of our best efforts with all those meetings. But I also sense that if I if I'm to understand you correctly, that you had this new marketing campaign and there were some people on the staff who were willing to go rogue. Absolutely. And that and that's a good and that's a good touch as a springboard for uh, Jeff. Talk to this creative destruction owed to Mr. Schumpter. Talk to blowing things up. Take us through it in terms of the fundamental changes from the marketing team along with some concrete examples of this activation. From the start, we had no idea what we were going to do other than that we were going to change it. We did, we had a resolve and we put our fist down and we said, no more, no more silos. We're going to somehow merge the team. There was, there was actually quite a lot of theory out there in the marketplace, and there still is. You go to Gartner, you go to Forrester, you go to the main pundits of sales and marketing, and a lot of them, most of them even say, What's the deal with having sales and marketing? That's not the way customers buy anymore. Mm -hmm. So there was no shortage of opinion that you should do it. There was very, very little how you do it. We didn't know. That's right. So we, we, we built a very small team. We started having workshops. We engaged a consultant. We weren't getting very far until, again, one day in, in one particular workshop, we came across something which was a model for the buyer journey. And our listeners will be familiar with buyer journey. They're all pretty similar. Uh, the customer learns, the customer uh, compares, the customer buys, the customer uses, et cetera. So we found a particular model that happened to be in the shape of an infinity loop. And we said, well, wait a second. Why don't we just do this? Why don't we just organize our team around the buyer journey, organize the team around helping the customer with these steps in the journey? That was the aha moment when we said, yes, this is it. This is the epitome of being customer centric. We are going to organize around the customer journey. Okay. And how did that epiphany, if you will, how did that spark major changes in the staff? Did you have to let go certain marketing executives, regardless of where they were in the, uh, uh, in the stream? How have the staff levels changed? So we had 258 people change their job title. 
We got wow. rid of all sorts of titles and acronyms. We did have some leaders leave the business. We did onboard new people and new skills, but almost everybody's job was impacted. Yeah, everything was impacted for sure. So so kind of the shock of everybody having a new job. And so to to carry on on that journey, you know, we we started who who helps the customer learn and then it went to who helps the customer buy. And so what 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 are all those jobs in, involving buy and how do we change the sales executives? And so I think there were two key things that we did. One, we broadened their knowledge. So the, the sales executives that typically just picked it up at, you know, from a lead to, to a close, they had to learn what brand intent was, what demand gen was, how does the commercial process actually flow through? So helping them understand that started to, to really change the trust. The other thing we did, which many sales executives have done, is we started to specialize within the buy area. So we started to specialize in inside sales. We started to specialize in enablement. And so the idea that you could be a single person owning an account and not letting anybody else kind of touch your account, that had to be dropped. And so that is by gaining uh, more trust from your team members. Mm -hmm. And did you have to let X number of sales execs go who didn't buy into this new model? And if and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you've really tried to instill this notion of there is no sales. There is no marketing. That's right. It's the customer. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. It is all about your customer. And so you build your team, your sense of team around that customer. Uh, did we let, uh, yeah, we did let one sales executive go. And, and that was uh, more about the culture we were trying to to in, in, in ensure and, and make sure that uh, we were getting a cohesive culture. Because a lot of what we did relies on cooperation between the different elements. And so, you know, I, I always say I used to look for collaborative skills in my interviews. I don't have to anymore. Our culture demands it. And if you can't be collaborative by nature, you stick out from, from what we're trying to do. And Jeff, how have you nurtured the change and how have customers and prospects responded? The most uh, important and impactful part of this has been reframing what people think of when they think of who's on their team. So it, it, it's a fundamental difference. And I think it's probably the most important and most beneficial aspect of what we did. It sounds really easy breaking down yeah. these silos, but it's very difficult. And it's it's really, again, changing mindsets and mentalities more so than moving furniture around. 100%. Jenna and I had our favorite saying back when we were doing this and, and over several months is that our favorite saying was, we're really doing this because there was a, there was some doubt and disbelief or just going back to the way it was before. And we're like, no, remember, we don't have marketing and sales anymore. So you don't okay. do that anymore. How did you deal with that resistance? Like I said, a lot of, we're really doing this. And so, and it is, like I said, it's fundamental is you're no longer on the marketing team. We don't have marketing anymore. And we had to keep on reinforcing that because now what you are is you're part of a commercial pod. This concept of a pod, we haven't talked about yet, but it's super important is that's how the model manifests itself is in a certain mm -hmm. geographic region. So mm -hmm. the Northeast United States is a pod. Australia is a pod. Germany is a pod. That's how we view our markets. You're no longer in sales or marketing or customer service. You are now in the Northeast US team and your role is to help the customer learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your, your job may not have changed at all. Your day-to-day, -day, but your concept of who your team is has changed 100%. 
yeah, so so kind of before from a customer perspective, they maybe would have heard from Smart at at irregular intervals, and they maybe would have heard from five different parts of Smart with maybe three different voices. So we went through long periods of people maybe not talking to them because we weren't coordinated uh, to boom, 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 and you know our messages didn't sound like they were coming from the same person. They might not even they might have even almost contradicted each other. Um, and so that that was kind of how it impacted our customers. Now that just doesn't happen because we're so coordinated. The, the teams work together to really kind of get that same kind of motion, the same kind of like, here's what's going on. It's a sustainable, it's a planned interval, it's a planned stage. Um, and so from a customer perspective, we feel more like a cohesive company. They're being um, nurtured in, in a very kind of systematic way or a very kind of scientific way uh, that, that really does you know improve the relationship as they move forward. And from our, our channel, we're a B2B company, from our channel, just a, a huge change in what they call ease of doing business. Uh, I think before this, it, you know, we were hard to understand where to go and when, you know, that they they would say, gee, the ease of doing business with you, you're just harder to work with. And the response on, on that has just been phenomenal from, from the channel perspective. We, we did a lot of things, a lot of work on how do we do better with that customer? How do we help that customer not just learn, but how do we help that customer find pricing and move things along and coordinate with their customers and with their marketing? And so the the um, the the SAT scores from our B two B customers just went through the roof compared to where it was. Uh, mostly because because we are a coordinated team that works together and knows what each piece is doing. Uh, therefore, we're just much more responsive. Is the musical metaphor the previous was a lot of dissonance coming from smart technologies and now and since the uh, reorg, it's just a lot more harmony among the various players, and I'm not going to say sales and marketing executives again, because in, internally, those terms are antiquated, correct, Jenna? Yeah, I would say harmony and responsiveness. You know, the we we were having uh, leads fall through the funnel, not being responded in a certain amount of time, and and just now the the responsiveness on questions, queries, and and lead responsiveness is just, you know, our, our KPIs on that are just so much more better, sometimes above industry standard. Stay with us. There's more to come. We now take a break for a brief message regarding the ANA Growth Agenda. The ANA Growth Agenda plays an important role in boosting the value of the marketing and advertising industries. The 12 point plan supports a wide range of issues that are crucial to the development of CMOs and marketers, ranging from diversity, equity, and inclusion to sustainability to brand safety. For more information, please visit ANA.net slash growth agenda. And now back to our show. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Jeff Lowe and Jenna Pipchuk from Smart Technologies about how they cracked the code to set the company's sales and marketing efforts on a new and more profitable course. The company no longer distinguishes between sales and marketing, which has been eclipsed by this pod. What is it and how does it work? Yeah, I'm glad we're spending more time on this because it is the the crux of where things happen when it comes to the, the UCE is the commercial pod. So we basically take the major markets that we operate in as a company and we say we're going to have a commercial pod. We have a leader appointed for each pod that is like a, you can consider like a mini CEO. Okay. And then there's, they have what we call our Uber metrics. 
And we challenge the team, can you get to one metric per customer step? Again, very easy to say, harder to do. Okay. What, and this is a, te- I'm sorry, Jeff, this is a template for each pod. Correct. This is a template okay. for each pod. And it's actually how we run the cadence of our leadership meetings at Smart is every pod has, what is the one Uber metric for helping the customer learn? Uh, and so for that, for example, we use, we use a brand health metric and we use a lead metric. So we can talk all about leads, right? Everybody loves talking about leads. And so there's, like I said, a, a, a CEO of that pod and the team members, one from learn, one from buy, one from adopt, one from support, et cetera. They meet on a regular basis as a matrix team to go through the holistic view of the customer. So right, right away, their, their view of, of the business and of the customer expands so much because Again, their concept of team has changed. Instead of hanging out all day long with a group of marketers or a group of salespeople, they hang out with a commercial pod that has the end-to-end customer and they realize what their role is and how important it is to the rest of the journey. So I've got kind of a funny anecdote of before when we had sales and marketing and of course I had the marketing role and I would stand up at a company global meeting and I would talk with passion around you know, our new brand health index or, you know, brand equity or even things like leads. And after we had the UCE for a while and people felt brave enough to say, hey, you know, Jeff, I'm in a pod now and I got to be honest, like before I was in sales and whenever you would speak or someone from the marketing team, it was just kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher to me. Mm-hmm. It was just wah, mm-hmm. wah, wah. Yep, I really yep, the white noise. Yep. I, I really didn't understand it. And, and now I, I live it. Like I'm, I'm reporting on brand health because I'm a pod leader. And that that's just a fundamental change in terms of just staffers just feeling a lot more vested yeah absolutely absolutely and before any changes were executed with the pod was there a kind of airing of the grievances between the two sides was there any uh, meeting between what were previously sales and marketing executives to just give people an opportunity to get their frustrations off their chest it was crickets more than more than heart to hearts at the beginning. The, you know, Jeff, I think you remember when we first started, uh, we used to meet um, every other day as a leadership team across the UCE, the Unified Commercial Engine. And man, to get those guys to talk in the beginning was was uh, we, used to, we used to do three minutes of silence. Jeff and I not saying anything, just trying to get them. We would do topics. Uh, it, it was crickets. I'm sorry, Jenna, but I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because that has to be the case in a lot of these B2B firms where they've been operating with these models. It's entrenched. They're just used to doing things a kind of way. Do you have to almost have the mindset like this is the first day of school? There's absolutely a fundamental human behavior dynamic in here. And to, to me, it wasn't so much about conflict and headbutting. It, it was actually just lack of awareness and lack of any relationship between the different teams. So yes, yes, there was, oh, I have no idea what those guys do, but you don't know those guys. You don't spend time with them. You don't know uh, what their personal interests are and what they care about and uh, what kind of family dynamic they have because you're not a team. And so what happens again in a pod situation is, oh, you know what? This guy we're working with who owns the learn function, he's amazing. He, he's driving these leads. He's super creative. He has all sorts of amazing ideas for how to drive the business. Wow, where have you been keeping this guy? Well, he's always had those skills. He, he's always been that awesome, but we weren't operating as a team. And so, so it really is a human dynamic of 
you spend time together, you get to know people, you have a common mission, and and things start to sing. You have and, arbitrary business units. They don't know each other. They don't. It's not that they don't get along. They just they just don't spend time together. And how much of it is terminology, in the yeah. sense of there used to be sales and marketing, sales and marketing. They bring all that baggage, all that traditional suspicion at both sides. Pod. Oh, I get that pod. We're we're all in this together. I mean, is that I don't and I I don't mean to sound naive, but is that really half the battle here? I, I hear you on the terminology. Of course, terminology is important. I, I would add it's more about persistence. It is more about you know, waiting them out and saying, no, this is really happening. We're really doing this. You're going to have to work together. It is pulling them on the carpet saying, hey, you guys aren't fixing this together. you got to work on this together. You know, it's not a you thing or a you thing. It's a us thing. How are you going to get this done together? Uh, It is the persistence through the transition. And if you stay, you know, the one thing I will say is that Jeff and I stayed very, very, very convicted to this goal. And I think our constant never ending saying, no, this is what's happening. No, this is what we're doing. That is actually what drove them to the change. And, and now, I mean, it's amazing, but but you we can't underplay that it, it didn't happen overnight. It was three months before they really believed it, that it was going to happen and another three months before it was really, really working. So it one took- of the things that helped us get there was when you when you um, explain just a hypothetical or real situation. But I think, again, all the listeners can probably identify that with this, right? Customer goes and they're looking at who can solve the problem. What do they do, right? So they, they go online, they do research, they might, might go to some influencer, they might start to attend some webinars, some in-person events, they get a demo, they do an online demo, they do a, an in-person demo, they purchase the solution, they, they, get, they need help with making sure they're using it correctly. I've got a question for you. Who sold that? Was that was that sales or marketing? Yes, mm-hmm. the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a team. It's not one division. And when you go through that, and people are like, yeah, that's right. Like, why do we why do we have to have this uh, artificial divide? Uh, and and who takes credit for a sale? It's a, again, it's a pod. It's a it's a team. You have a role of where's the customer in their journey. You help them with that step. Is over communicating part of the effort here when making these changes over communicating uh, and and convincing people that again this this is really happening I think I think yeah for sure communication is important it's also about not letting off on the little things you know I think you know when there's there was a, a time where we had, uh, you know, the traditional marketing in, in uh, demand gen and the, in the traditional sales and in, in uh, channel enablement, and and it wasn't clear who did what, and it was just we we zoned in and said, you know, this is we got to fix this, we got to work on this. It, it is it is about communicating, but also addressing. Maybe that's what I would like to say. It's about addressing all the elements to make sure that you're kind of all rowing in the same way. What do you think the danger would be if you hadn't made made these changes? We definitely wouldn't have grown. I mean, we definitely wouldn't have had the ability to increase our revenue and increase the number of units that we were selling at the efficiency that we did. You know, we we substantively increased our business without substantively increasing the size of our teams. And there's also a lot more camaraderie now, correct? A hundred percent. We... Um, we did not lose, you know, when the great resignation happened, 
we didn't see really huge uptakes in, in our numbers. So we were able to retain people. There, there's something really, um, you know, Jeff's talked a lot about the pods. What is amazing in the pods is the sense of purpose that people have now because they can see how their work contributes to the overall they understand their purpose. They share in the wins and the losses of the greater group. Mm-hmm. And they really understand how they're contributing to that and, and the importance of what they do on a daily basis. Uh, I think we underlook or we overlook that, sorry, sometimes in in, in general things is, is helping people see the clarity of their purpose is a real motivator to give them satisfaction in their work. Our, our team engagement, uh, which is how we measure our culture, has gone up 10 points from 82 to 92 by implementing the UCE. And so what, what's going on there is what Jenna talked about is much more of a cohesive sense of what I do and ha- how it fits together in the big picture. I've, I've broadened my perspective. But the other thing is think about uh, career development. It, it, it's a total new lens on career development is I was in marketing, I was in sales. My opportunity for advancement, people look at it within that function. I'm in, I'm in brand now, maybe my next step is a brand manager or demand gen, demand gen manager, digital. Well, no, no, there's, there's a broader perspective because your, your team has been reframed. So what we're seeing is a lot of great cross-pollination um, on, within the pod structure of, oh, I, I, today I help the customer learn. Tomorrow I'm really interested in helping the customer adopt or helping the customer buy. And we're seeing that cross-pollination, which is really great for team engagement. And again, uh, whereas perhaps previously in the previous model, there were too many folks who felt like they were operating in isolation, correct? Whether sales and marketing, whereas now it's that cohesion, it's that it's that real buy-in and that legitimate buy-in for the greater good. They don't know what each other does in the previous model because they don't spend time together. So it's kind of a black art, uh, whatever mm-hmm. the function is. And now that they spend mm-hmm. time together, they like, oh, this is super interesting. And I can see how it helps the customer. And I may even want to do that for a living one day. And as we start to wrap up, Jenna, as part of the overhaul, did you alter compensation levels or develop any new incentive plans? We we did slightly uh, alter. So, so we took some people that were commission-based uh, into maybe more roles that didn't need to be commission-based. And so we did change their bases, uh, you know, increased and and stopped kind of the variable pay. And on top of that, we we put some more of the kind of sales targeting into what you would consider more of the traditional marketing. So one of the things we, we do really well is we take what is our revenue going to look like and, you know, backtrack that through, you know, the win-loss rates and the acceptance rates and how many leads we need to, to kind of hit that number. And so there was a bit of um, resistance at the beginning to like, I'm, why do I have a target uh, kind of thing? But uh, mm-hmm. that's long, long ago now. We're, we're way too far in it. that they, They'd be surprised if they didn't now. I'd like to get both of you to comment on the most difficult aspect of the overhaul, which may have required more heavy lifting than anticipated. And also what pleasantly surprised you. Definitely change management was something that we underestimated the personnel, the HR side of things. Again, a simple model, organizing on the customer journey. Uh, but when you're changing uh, hundreds of people's job titles and reporting structures, that's a lot of change. Of course, that's very important to people. And just spending more time, we needed to spend more time uh, in retrospect on slowing down a little bit and taking people through that and, and reinforcing what's changed and what's remained the same. We asked a lot, you know, we talked earlier about the pods and the pod leader. So these are, uh, you know, some of our most senior people, some of our best and brightest, who are now being relied on 
they have a functional role before. Now they're like, like I said, a mini CEO reporting on a pod across all these different dim dimensions. That's a lot of change management. The thing I probably been most delighted with, I, I mentioned it earlier, and this is a whole probably it's different session we could spend an hour on is leads. The, the, the thing that we're most proud of as leads is yes, the volume's gone up considerably uh, to the tune of about 50%, but it's the lead acceptance rate. So we were in the forties before. So um, around one and two were not even one and two leads were being accepted from marketing to sales. Mm -hmm. And uh, th that's just so wasteful. And I think that's probably where a lot of companies are at. And now we enjoy uh, mid eighties, uh, low to mid eighties in terms of a sale accept rate. Why mm -hmm. that is, it comes again back to the human dynamic is when you sit down as a pod and you define what is a pod here in the Northeast United States, do we agree what a, a lead is? Then, then when, when I see one coming in, I've, I've been part of the discussion and part, part of the dialogue. Um, of course, I'm going to be a lot more apt to, um, to accept that because I've been part of the dialogue. Whereas in the past, marketing defines what a lead is. They do the leads. They get thrown over a, a digital divider. I pick it up. I have no idea what it is. And, and so that's where, that's where you get a 46% accept rate. And I guess also previously, and this is not centric to uh, smart technologies previous, but just this whole marketing, oh, I've done my part, sales, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and vice versa for that. I ran my leg of the race and uh, we're you know in great shape here. And if only those guys over there would do their part, you know, this company would be a lot better off. That, and that's a really salient point you make, Jeff, if only. Whereas losing that mindset, just jettisoning that whole mentality, if only they, yeah. which could be ultimately really counterproductive. Jenna, sure. what was what what's been the reaction from the C-suite from all the changes? Immensely good. I mean, what what the what's one of the things that we spent kind of the beginning of this year talking about is how how can they make the the UCE and the rest of the org? You know, what we were noticing is the the gains and 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 things that were happening in in the UCE didn't exist in ops and, and development and, and other enabling functions. And so how do we get more of that in other pieces? If I, if I retrospectively back on what required more heavy lifting uh, than anticipated was a, a couple of things, um, indirect leadership, you know, Jeff touched on these mini CEOs. We basically became a matrixed organization as many of you out there are. And how, how do you help those leaders when they don't have direct responsibility? That was one we we kind of missed. The second one was the impact to the rest of other parts of the org. I was surprised at, at uh, how quickly and how uh, you know vehemently the other groups were saying, "Well, how do I now plug into the mm. UC? How do I you know where do I go? Where do I send things? How do I get information back? How does this change for me?" So I think I maybe missed that in the the beginning, and then the 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 pleasantly surprised is. I, I didn't realize how amazing it would be when you had people who understood their purpose identifying as a team. You know, Jeff has talked a lot about that, but there there's a humming in the team and in, in, in it, in it, it doesn't go away. It's it's like this um, energy because they 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 all understand what they're trying to achieve. And and that's been just one of the, the best things, you know, beyond great revenue beyond, you know, increasing in, in almost every stat. It, it's, it's the, to see your teams be so happy and working together. Wow. That, that's just pretty amazing. And as far as the teams goes, it seems like really you folks have set up respect as the baseline. 
A hundred percent. It might be because we're a Canadian company, uh, but for sure. <laughs> we had this great, uh, this great anecdote where we had a, a UCE meeting, like an in-person meeting and everybody, uh, everybody travel into, uh, into Scottsdale. And so two, two members of our former sales team. So it's two sales professionals who are now reclassified as two people who help the customer buy. Mm-hmm. They, they fly in together, they get to the meeting. At the start of the meeting, it was people like me and Jenna standing up and talking. And they're like, well, you know, th- this is okay, but when do we get to spend time with our pod? <laughs> so when, okay. when do we get to, to we, I want to see my team. And what they mean by that is people in, people in, formally in marketing, people formally in, in support and customer service. And that's just, that was just a beautiful thing. That's, that's I think, what Jenna means when she sees that hum is, wow, that's, we've come a long way. Well, it's a terrific story. And Jeff, you get the last question since you're uh, the CMO. And I'd like you to picture yourself in a bar with a few of your chief marketing officers' brethren okay. who, are, who are bemoaning the sales and marketing gestalt. They can't figure it out. They've tried a bunch of things. What do you tell them? I would say start with a simple exercise. So get a, your model of your customer journey. Most, most of you have one. If you don't, a quick Google will get you one because they're, they're all pretty similar. And then get that model and then go through your team person by person and say, what does this person do when they wake up in the morning? Which role are they, which step in the journey are they helping with? And go through your team and you're going to be fascinated with what you find out. And that's going to be a, a great discussion and the first step in you uh, having more synergy between your sales and marketing team. And also providing better numbers and more spikes to the top and bottom lines, ultimately. Absolutely. Better numbers. And don't forget better team engagement, uh, a better culture, and uh, that, that humming team that we talked about. And we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much to my guest today, Jeff Lowe, CMO at Smart Technologies, and Jenna Pipchuk, EVP and Chief Sales Officer at Smart Technologies. To learn more about the company's changes to its sales and marketing strategy, go to smarttech.com team. If you would like to recommend a guest or topic for a future episode, please email me at mschwartz at ana.net. And be sure to subscribe to Champions of Growth wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for listening.